1: fantasy freaks and geeks what's going on you're listening to the nfl fantasy live podcast james co here with you joined alongside mg my guy marcus grant in the building what's up
2: man i was saying uh, before the show that it's i think the, the forecast today because you know i'm the weather person on you the are the show. weather person yes it's like 67 degrees and like I don't know what to do with that because it's not, its not like, really cold, <laughs> but it's not quite warm. It's just, like – Wow. You know, it's like – I was thinking this morning about Stringer Bell, and he's like, you know, nobody gives a bleep about a 40-degree day. Like, I think that's the Baltimore version, the California version. I nobody you. gives a bleep about a
1: 67-degree day. Well, 67, a little overcast today. What first-world problem? This is the first 67 <laughs> degrees. You're like oh, – no. It is the firstiest <laughs> of first world problems, no doubt about also, it. Also, it's
3: been a while since we've had a good MG weather rant to start the podcast. <laughs> <so> for long-time <laughs> listeners, I'm sure they'll appreciate that.
1: Uh, the WizKid from Wisconsin.
3: Yes, Alex that is me.
1: That is you. What's going on, man? How are you doing?
3: Not too much. Excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, it's a short week for us because this is one of the weekends where the NFL kindly grants us extra days off since we lose a lot of holidays and other the, days in, off during the season. season. Okay. So uh, for Memorial Day, we get Friday and Monday off. Obviously, uh, work obligations notwithstanding, but right. for two fantasy heads like us over here, Marcus I've and I are both taking the long weekend.
1: Good. I like it. That's good stuff. We got producer Christina behind the glass. What's up? What's up? How you doing? Pretty good. How are yeah, you? I'm doing well. We have a uh, live studio audience today. <laughs>
3: We do. <laughs> yes, we do. Coming to you live from Culver City, California. It's the Fantasy Live podcast.
1: Some reason we have uh, Dylan Milner, who is a uh, longtime producer of uh, fantasy and various content here for NFL Media, uh, observing a uh, live studio audience here for the podcast today. I, I'm not exactly. I didn't even ask you why, why. are you behind the glass?
2: Why? It's, why why did we a, have you
3: here? It's today? a quiet week for him. Oh, it's he's okay. on officially, quote unquote, prep. Okay, and oh. uh, I think he's he's fully prepped <laughs> at this point <laughs> today. Okay, good. Okay, we have got a little observation. So he's though. coming in to you know make sure everything's yeah running running,
1: well. running smoothly up here. Yes, absolutely great. Uh, I got a great show in front of us here today. I would be remiss uh, in not letting the listeners of our podcast know mock drafts are now
3: open. Oh yeah, so on get out my
1: website. i know sir when are the mock drafts opening man? there
3: aren't that many people but it cracks me up that it's like it was like early may and people are like mock drafts question mark question mark question mark how did you
1: guys do the mock draft i want to do a mock draft uh well for all of you out there the mock draft lobby is now open and running on the website nfl.com slash fantasy football go check it out uh it is right there uh on full display on the NFL.com fantasy website, so go check it out. Uh, we will be talking about uh, Adam Reich is going to get a huge honor today uh, because we are going to talk about his article. We're, we're just gonna, too, bad he, too
2: bad he's not here to actually. We're
1: not, we're not going to talk to him. I, we're not going to have him on the show or anything, but but, <laughs> we'll, but we'll talk about his article. It's uh, ranks eleven. Uh, it's a sleeper list. Uh, it's a little you know a little off season sleeper talk here. Why the hell not? Uh, highlight some of the players there um and get into some of the reasons anyways why he uh, has highlighted some of these players as potential sleepers here's a little hint marlon mack kenny Galladay featured heavily in his column uh ranks 11 we will be getting into that we'll close out the show with a round of daily dabs but we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines Oh my god, the news We yes. really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the Patriots, are playing at the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. News. <laughs> news. Alright, we're gonna start in LA in the most chargeryest of Chargers. So sad. Hunter Henry <sighs> tore his ACL at OTA's Monday. The team released 37-year-old Antonio Gates. Only free agent signing Virgil Green remains in the tight end room as of right now. Virgil Green, 16 starts last season. He was durable, man. (laughs) I want you to prepare yourselves for this stat line. 16 starts last year with Denver. 14 receptions. 191 yards.
2: One touchdown. I feel like Julio Jones did that in like a ah, game. <laughs> you know how many
3: <laughs> fantasy championship rosters he was on? <laughs> 0. 0.
1: 0. Um, I mean that's a,
3: maybe he was on some deep dynasty championship rosters, but
1: And again, prepare yourselves for the heat in 49 career starts. 49 career starts. 807 receiving yards and four touchdowns in 49 career Just fan yourselves off. <laughs> I want to put it another way. He averages 16.4 yards per game started. That's not played, by the way. He's played in many more, but started. He averages 16. So clearly, Virgil Green is not necessarily a receiving option uh, for tight end for the L.A. Chargers. Uh, I would imagine they'll probably – you know what's going to be. It's going to be like – uh it's that quick breakup and then, you know, the hookup again. You know what you I mean? You up, Antonio. Hey, uh, up? Antonio. Um, hey, Big Head. Hey. hey what's,
3: up? <laughs> what's up? Been, th- been thinking what's about up? you a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I mean, bottom line is Antonio Gates is 37 years old. Um, I would imagine it's going to open up a lot of targets for somebody like Mike Williams, who is a, you know, he's a big boy, man. He's a big target. Uh, obviously, his rookie season lost to a back injury. Uh, but he was a dynamic playmaker out of Clemson. Clemson wide receivers, am I right? Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think if you are somebody who is excited, was excited about Mike Williams, certainly the Hunter Henry news sucks. You can't help but just feel like, ah, this is a guy that absolutely was about to break out uh, for the Chargers. But, you know, I tell you what, Mike Williams could stand to benefit. Am, am I alone in thinking that?
2: Um, I don't know that you're alone. Uh, first off, I'm just wondering, is what what takes precedence the Clemson receivers I right? uh uh-huh. or, or the curse of Mike being named Mike Williams cuz those guys oh, haven't done so well in the uh, in the NFL as wide that's receivers true. Well
1: there's two wide receivers that, Is there a third that I can think of another Mike Williams
2: Um or was
1: well, was this the third
3: I think this was the third this there was is the USC the is Mike the Williams yes
1: and then there was another
3: the other Mike Williams like he played was for Tampa Okay yeah, He had a decent He had like career. one good year with Tampa right. like right. he was right. bust had a great year right. everybody in fantasy wanted him and then yeah. he disappeared again Right right
2: right okay right, So right. This is this is it's know, two competing. Tracks. This is sort of Mike Williams the third, I guess, and uh, <laughs> we'll discern, we'll determine. But you know, but I guess th- to get back to your question, yeah, no. th- there is opportunity for him to produce there to to get some more opportunity. It's funny because I'm looking at the roster, and there are actually a lot of tight ends on the Chargers roster, but none of them make you believe they're going to do anything. Do any? I mean, Brandon, Braden Bowman, Sean Culkin, what? Cole Hunt. Ben Johnson. These yeah. are
1: these are not real names. These
2: are
3: these are the these are your Chargers tight ends, not <laughs> named Hunter Henry. Uh, in addition to. Um Oh, Antonio true. Gates. Mercedes Lewis is still a free oh, agent, hey and he big. had he's up there as well, but yeah. uh, he's a guy that's taken incredible care. Are the Chargers terror.
1: playing in London? Because that is when you really want. Let's someone, go, baby. <laughs> uh,
3: but Mercedes Lewis is a veteran oh. that could come in and help them out. also right being away. told there was a Mike Williams who was a tackle for the Bills. Yes, we've got Dylan behind the glass oh. helping us out uh, with some Mike Williams research. There you go. Uh, I don't know that this is a huge boon for Mike Williams. It certainly doesn't hurt freeing up some targets. I would imagine they'll address the position. And then there's still Tyrell Williams as well, who I just, I just doesn't about, have the curse. I think,
1: <laughs> no, I just th- I just think about in the red zone, you know, touchdown target share. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, you know, I, I've seen some stuff too where, hey, Keenan Allen's going to get an up. This Brother, Keenan Allen cannot get an uptick in targets. I mean, they're already, I mean, just pounding that guy. With targets. I mean what are they gonna give him? Twenty targets a game?
3: It could it could benefit him in the red zone though, because he if you line him up in the slot and he's uncoverable there almost. So, you know, they could spread him out and do yeah. that. It could it could uh hint that Melvin Gordon is less likely to hit touchdown regression because he's such a big factor in the red zone as well, both through the air and uh on the ground. Uh I'm I'm hesitant to make any big conclusions. Uh this is something that It really sucks for the Chargers and Hunter Henry, but it could be good in a fantasy sense that this happened now as opposed to late July, August. So both the Chargers have time to adjust and figure things out, and we can then read the tea leaves afterwards and adjust our expectations and rankings accordingly. That's a very good point.
1: Ryan Tannehill, remember that guy?
3: Who? Who? (laughs) Who, who? Uh, quarterback for the Miami. Wide receiver, Texas A&M, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. He was a wide receiver in <laughs> college. Was.
1: No, I know. I love it. I mean, it's so great. Ryan Tannehill, he's practicing without a knee brace in OTAs for Miami. Um, I, I don't know.
3: I, I also, quick, quick aside, Dylan yeah. does say Titans at Chargers in London this year. So, get Mercedes Lewis. Get him Mercedes that Lewis. Game.
1: Bring him back home. He's for that game. He's from L.A. He
3: can come back home.
1: Adam Rank has made the point that if you are from London, you think that Mercedes Lewis is the greatest.
2: Oh no, I I said that to that day that there's some kid in London who's like, I don't know what the big deal with this Gronk character is. (laughs) Mercedes Lewis is the truth.
1: He's the goat. He's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, But no, Ryan Tannehill. um, There, I I mean, for fantasy purposes, if he's back and healthy. does it mean uh, – not that it necessarily means anything for Ryan Tannehill, but maybe the Miami offense uh, somewhat. Because before the injury, you know, Tannehill was a pretty mobile guy. You know, not he had a pretty good arm as well. There was some buzz around the upside concerning Ryan Tannehill. But, I mean, you know, again, coming off a major knee injury, who knows about him in particular. Just want to know about what he might do uh, in terms of stabilizing the Miami Dolphins offense. Same thing he ever did. I mean, Which you, is nothing?
2: He'll get you right around okay. four thousand ish yards, about twenty five or so touchdowns, throw That's, about t- I
1: mean that seems aggressive.
2: Think about it this year. I mean yeah. I mean I'm just based on you know what he has done previously in his career. Okay. Let's think about this though. Yeah, yeah. This time last year, Ryan Tannehill gets hurt. I guess it happened a little bit later, but whatever, he gets hurt. Smoking Jay. They bring in Jay Cutler. Let's and the, the general consensus was yeah, I think they're about the same. They they might they're even be better same. off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that w- I mean now look, Cutler, you know, Cutlered but the idea that Ryan Tannehill could leave and then they could pick up a guy who was re- semi-retired and thinking about a TV gig, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, hey. might be okay. Right. right. That I think that says a lot about Ryan Tannehill. Okay,
1: there you go. Uh, Christian Hackenberg was traded to the Raiders for a conditional seventh rounder <laughs> for some reason. I, I don't know why. Is he old enough to play for John Gruden? I mean, why did – I, I guess – why did this move happen? Does anybody – can anybody figure this – like – it doesn't save the Raiders any space I think an additional 7th. I mean, he's going to get cut, so who I cares, think it's a situation he, where cuz yeah, I'm sh- sure you saw on care.
2: Twitter people digging up old quotes from John Gruden about how much he loved Christian Hackenberg.
1: I mean, it's quarterback camp. I mean, of course. He's gonna, I mean, but he's he, like he loves, everybody, loves everybody. He said though. this before the
2: draft that he he would be shocked if if Christian Hackenberg wasn't a first round pick. And so now here it is. The Jets are like, "Well, we don't want this guy." So John Gruden's like, "Hey, <laughs> i you
1: know, I'll give you a seventh rounder for
3: a former first rounder. Is that what it is? I guess, maybe. Or I guess I mean, the, he was second, second, second round. Second He's a second rounder. Yeah,
1: sure. Okay.
3: I mean, it's just this is just baffling. Like the knock against Hackenberg coming out of college. I love tweeting this all the time. I went and retweet, yeah. I found my old tweet and retweeted it. Yeah, yeah. His actual draft card on NFL Network when he got said cons bad tape. <laughs> <laughs> like his cons were basically bad at football <laughs> and he went in the second round i kid you not it's on amazing. my twitter timeline it amazing. was on the network i almost fell out of my chair at the office i was yeah. laughing so hard when um, came across <laughs> the screen
1: can i can i also say this though is that um it, it matters who trades for who because. You know, there's so much negative um, buzz right now surrounding John Gruden, you know, going back to 1998, blah, 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 and
3: and the Oakland Raiders. Assembling the oldest team in the history of the NFL. Right, right. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Okay, fine.
1: But that being said, I I always think back to, and I do this with every trade that is just nonsensical. If Bill Belichick made this trade, people would have been like, you see, this guy is running circles around the league. He sent a seventh rounder to get a Mm -hmm. second rounder.
3: Nope. I don't think so. I, You
1: know what? I do think I, – I, I
2: understand where you're going with this. I do think, though, people are starting to look more rationally or critically, even at the Belichick trades. And not, not that they can go out and say, you know, that was terrible, that was stupid, but I think people are starting to look at it and be like, all right, yeah, I don't know what He's you're doing here, he got a here, fair Bill.
3: swing of, of misses as well. I, but
2: you
1: wouldn't know it.
2: I mean, no. I, yeah, I, get, I get. I get. I get what you're saying. Like, if it's
3: Belichick versus like the Browns, and That's the Browns make like a trade. You're yes. like, oh, this <laughs> is stupid man. He gets more benefit of the doubt, <laughs> but there are plenty of people that will point out that he's had a fair share of misses. In, I mean, in recent history, I guess,
1: too. man. But it's just you look around, man. It's. it's I still amazing. think with
3: Hackenberg, had this trade happen, uh-huh. the, they done that, people would have been like, lol, Belichick, what are you doing?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Sometimes he takes these reclamation projects and, you know, tries to do something. Who knows? Anyways, uh, the Browns beat reporter Nate Ulrich uh, believes fourth-round rookie Antonio Callaway is going to push Corey Coleman for the number three wide receiver job. To me, that's a surprise, given that Corey Coleman was the 15th overall pick in 2016. (laughs) <laughs> Different regime. <laughs> He's a third year player, guys. It's just, it's crazy to me. Coleman is also reportedly on the trading block as well. Um, if you're wondering what the wide receiver room looks like there for the Browns, Josh Gordon, their clear outside threat. Jarvis Landry, the clear uh, inside guy. So that's their number one and two uh, in terms of wide receivers. Corey Coleman, I thought, would have been an awesome fit on the outside opposite of Josh Gordon stretching the field and you know you got to pick your poison there is it going to be wh- what are you going to do you're going to you're going to cover Josh Gordon deep or you're going to cover Corey Coleman deep so um and especially you know I-, I know they got Baker Mayfield there but early on at least it's going to be Tyrod Taylor well what does Tyrod Taylor do well he likes to throw that long ball um and so having two guys on the outside really threatening deep I, I- I don't know. To me, I thought it made a whole hell of a lot of sense, and now they've got uh, this kid Antonio Callaway again, a fourth-round rookie, supposedly going to push for this job. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean,
2: part of this part of this, to me feels like we just want to light a fire under Corey Coleman. Okay. You know, that, that he hasn't – we haven't gotten what we hope to out of him so far. I mean, I think that's the whole, you know, he's on the trading block, the Antonio Calloway thing. Like, I just – I think this is – they're using this to try to light a fire under him and see what happens. Now, granted, if nothing does happen and we get you know, we get in well into training camp or preseason and, right. and Coleman still hasn't shown much, then I think this becomes a little bit more legitimate. But right now, I think this is more motivation than anything. Okay,
3: there you go. Uh, Callaway also is kind of a similar athlete to okay. Corey Coleman. Very fast, very explosive. He is a fourth-round rookie because he had a lot of off-the-field troubles, which is why he tumbled down draft boards. But a lot of people... Um, viewed him as the type of guy that, much like Josh Gordon, when he went in the supplemental draft, like if he can get into the league and keep his head on straight, has, like, the sky's the limit for his potential. Interesting. So it, it could stand a to reason, too, that, uh, you know, Corey Coleman's from a different regime, yeah. hasn't lived up to expectations there, but he still has a high draft pedigree, still a great athlete, has still shown flashes. They could either be trying to light the fire under him or still try and trade him. Like, by by signaling this to other teams, they'll be like, hey, if you want him, come get him. Because, like, we're not going to use him that much.
1: Good info. Good info. No doubt about it. I, I I just feel like it hasn't been talent or on the field. It's been injuries that have derailed Corey Coleman. He had that broken hand that set him back for a while. He had an injury. La- that was his rookie year. Last year he had another. He had another
3: hand or wrist injury you know, or something. it was something.
1: a hamstring. It might have been a hand as well uh, that also kept him off the field. But it's been injuries that have largely kept him off the field. I don't know. I, a, a broken hand, is that really his fault, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's. I don't know. To me, it's strange. Um, I thought when he was on the field and healthy, I thought he was a good player. Um, you know, is he wor- was he worth a, a top fifteen overall select? Okay, probably not. That being <laughs> said, I thought he was pretty effective um, as a wide receiver, especially on the outside. The, th-
3: the thing is, even if he were to like win that number three role in Cleveland, where's where are the targets going to come from? I don't know. Like, yeah. G- Gordon's there, Landry's there, Duke Johnson's there, Hyde slash Chubb are there, and Joku. Joku's there. Yeah. I mean, he's he's going to be looking at like whoever that third wide receiver is this year is going to be looking you're at like 50 targets. You're you're hurting for targets. Though. Yeah, All you're right. fight you're fighting right. for scraps. All
1: right, there you go. Uh Eagles beat reporter Elliot Shore Parks says 34-year-old Darren Sproles, who is coming off of an ACL tear, could potentially lead the team in RB snaps. What? I just please no. Okay. <laughs> what? Um I mean I read that and I immediately started scratching my head. Like literally scratching my head. Why why, why I don't understand that at all. I mean what where is the speculation from Elliot Shore Parks coming from that a thirty four year old is this on
3: Twitter or did he write no, it up? No, he
1: wrote it up. What? <laughs>
3: That's what I'm saying. He wrote it up. I just did a real life white guy blinking gig. That's what I'm saying. Like he wrote this up
1: and I, a 34-year-old scatback in Darren Sproles. Who, by the way, Darren Sproles, is great. I'm nothing against Darren Sproles, but he's gonna lead the team in RB snaps with Jay Ajayi and an emerging Corey Clement there. I, I don't know about that one, man.
3: I don't know about that I'm one. I'm not though. buying that one. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, yeah. Color, on color one. me skeptical. <laughs> there you go. Like I love Sproles and I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. But you I don't know like what I'm too. saying. Still, Come on. you're telling me He's 34, the, man. you're telling me the savvy front office and coaching staff that is rooted in analytics, among other things. Right. Is going to let a 34 year old back coming off two major injuries, injuries. Yep. Yep. Lead the backfield and snaps. No,
2: although no. I would say this. No. Yeah. Whether or not these stories are true, it's been a bad look for the Eagles front office the last couple of days. I mean, you got this story about 34-year-old Darren Sproles, and you got the story that they, they turned down a trade for the 35th overall pick, you know, for Nick Foles. Right. Um, In the NFL draft. Uh, it just, I don't hate
3: turning down that trade. I mean. Look,
2: I understand with Carson Wentz, you're not sure if he's going to be back week one, so you want to make sure you're set. But, you know, the, the general consensus has been, man, like, you could have had,
3: like,
1: a high second.
3: <laughs> for, yeah. The thing is, they hold on to Foles. Foles. It, it secures them for the start of the season, and if a contending team's quarterback goes down, okay. that price for Nick Foles is going to go woo, up. Just way goes up. Just goes up. True. True. That's it. So, like, if a team, you know, like the Packers or the Vikings or whomever who <laughs> do not have great backup situations, right. lose their starting quarterback before that trade deadline, guess okay. what? There you go. Nicholas, <laughs> come on <laughs> down. Come on in. We need you, pal. Um, that's interesting, though. Uh,
1: Sproles last year played three games, a- again, in 2017 for 134 scrimmage yards. Uh, again, I, you know, I would g- generally, when I read beat reporter stuff like this and they have a strong take, like, you, you know, that somebody like uh, Darren Sproles could lead the team in RB snaps, you, you, you know, my immediate – as a host, my immediate thought is, okay, well, you know, how do you think this may or may not affect JGI or Corey Clement? It's just so out of left field, though, for me anyways, that I just
3: I, I, I just like, can't buy it. I feel like Elliot uh, Shore Parks is, is a fine beat reporter, too, but he's not one of those ones that, is, uh, that I've been when, like, he tweets something out or says something that I'm like. Got to get there. Got to gotta, gotta yeah. believe it. Like a Mike Kliss in Denver yeah, or yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. some of those other guys. He, he, gotcha. he's, he's fine, but he's not one of those ones where, like, he, he throws you. something out and I'm like. Taking this, is, this to this the bank. This is happening. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, the Chicago Bears, their head coach, Matt Nagy, is talking up second-year player Tariq Cohen, the human joystick. Uh, the plan, it sounds like, is to get uh, Tariq Cohen all over the field. I, I, I mean, if you were excited about Cohen, you're getting more excited. And, and as the offseason goes on, the, the excitement is building. I, I mean, is he a great sleeper or a really great sleeper here? Well,
2: I did a mock uh, – earlier this week on Monday yeah and i on got, nfl.com and NFL.
1: now open com now open there go it check is. it out
2: uh, i got i got street coin in the 7th round Ooh. um god almighty
1: that's
3: aggressive that's you a think little, so? That's a little high.
2: That's high, bro. I felt I felt okay about that. Really? And like now,
3: this is making me feel better about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like him more in the nine
2: to ten. That's right. what
1: that's what I was
2: saying. I mean, yeah, mind yeah. you, like I'm so I'm in I'm in a process. I'm trying to do a mock. And by
1: the way, even even in nine, I feel like that's pretty aggressive too. Because I mean, you're basically saying he's a
3: top one hundred player. Well, I mean, uh, keep, keep going. I want. I just did a I mock mean, yet last night. Well, one, I, I'm
2: trying to uh, do a mock, if not every day, close to every day, and kind of yeah. just keeping track of who I'm who I'm taking and yeah. where I'm taking that sort. Of thing and All just right. kind of figure out if there's any similarities or whatever. But I mean yes, I know you, you guys feel like it's aggressive, but let's think about this. Because yeah. we talked about Jordan Howard and what his role is on this team. And he's a great he's a great running back. They now have a new head coach in Matt Nagy who we know doesn't mind tossing the ball to his to his running backs. That's and right. I know James, you are chief on the bandwagon of Jordan Howard can't catch. He can't catch a damn thing. <laughs> right. So why wouldn't you why wouldn't you expect Tariq Cohen to get more work versus skillets out there? <laughs> um, <laughs> with a coach who Kill wants it. to put the ball up. I mean, this team is built to start throwing the football a little
3: bit more, right? <laughs> right? Uh, it is. No doubt. I did an industry an industry PPR mock draft last night, 12 teams. Um, it'll be published in, this summer in a magazine. But Tariq Cohen went uh, pick 103 overall, 9.7. Okay. So the seventh pick of the ninth round. Right. Right around him also in that PPR mock draft running back wise were – Rex Burkhead, Isaiah Carell, Tevin Coleman fell really far. Uh, Devontae Booker, Duke Johnson, and C J Anderson.
2: I feel like I feel like that group, Tevin Coleman might be the only one that I really for sure would have ahead mm-hmm. of Tariq Cohen.
1: I think you're right.
3: I just I mean I like I I like Cohen and he's so electric, but I feel like it, you're going to be playing whack a mole with his usage in those games because there will be the games where he gets nothing, six catches, seventy yards, a yeah. touchdown, couple carries for another fifteen. Then there's going to be the games where <laughs> the Bears might be out ahead and they're just riding Jordan Howard with thirty carries and Tariq Cohen's like just returning punts for fun. True, but I mean if you're drafting Tariq Cohen, like okay. I'm not I'm not drafting him as my well. you
2: know he, he's he's a third running back right now.
3: Right, right. So flex are, play. He's
2: a flex play. He's a guy you are you're kind of. Streaming, flag of a better term. You're playing matchups with him. Like, yep. if, yeah, I'm. I'm not plugging in Tariq Cohen, expecting I'm going to get solid week to week production out of him because that's still going to be Jordan Howard's gig. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, it, but again, I think that I think to what you're saying, though, I think that's why we're kind of like, whoa, seventh round, because you you're not taking necessarily a starter there, um, in, in your top seven picks, which is uh, n- nothing necessarily wrong with that. I just it just seems, I, I was surprised, uh, especially because you are a little bit more. I don't know, a little bit more conservative with some of your picks as well. I do. I tend
2: to be. And, again, this is all part of doing mocks, too, is knowing you can play around with things and make some picks that you probably wouldn't make during the season. So, yeah, you know. In
1: 2017, the human joystick, Terry Cohen. 370 rush yards, 353 receiving yards, so about 700-ish total yards. Five total TDs. You ready for it? Two rushing
3: TDs, a receiving TD, a punt return TD – and a pass, did he, did he throw it to Trubisky, or was it a tight end? I, was it Trey Burton? No, Trey Burton. Was not Trey Burton was uh, there. Uh, yet. It was. Uh, I'm trying to remember who he threw it to. Uh, it was, I think it was in that Monday Night game, Trubisky's first start. I feel. I don't. Because weren't was there it Jack jo- Miller. Weren't there was jokes it? that like Tariq Cohen uh, was the best threw quarterback threw on the threw more field? touchdowns than Trubisky <laughs> in like his first start? <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look this I'm up. I'm gonna now. find it for you.
1: Actually, five total TDs though of all varieties. That's not bad. I mean, on the ground, he threw it to Zach Miller. Zach Miller. Against the Ravens. I remember it was a tight end. I just didn't remember which one because they all seemed to get injured. Uh, But, yeah, no, I made five total TDs, one everywhere. I mean, that's pretty good. On the ground, through the air, special teams, and passing. That's not bad.
3: Uh, I'll tell you who I prefer as a sleeper target on uh, the Bears, although in the industry mock he went – Trey really, Burton? Really high. Yeah. Trey, Trey, Burton. Trey? Trey Burton, baby. Okay. I've been seeing – Nagy's been pumping him up and talking about how he needs that type of tight end to use. Yeah. They're going to use the other guys. Deion Sims and Adam Shaheen is more of the blocking. blocking guys around there, and Trey Burton is going to be his Travis Kelsey 2.0. That's interesting.
1: I, you know, i, I I'm I got to see what the offense is going to look like, man. I mean, I'm very confused, you know, because they've got – In what way? Well, I'm just confused in terms of what it might look like, you know, because they do have playmakers in a lot of different areas of the field. You know what I mean? So, like, how are they going to spread that ball around? You know, Alan Robbins is going to get his requisite looks in the in terms of the tight end. I mean, I get you, you theoretically you could go to tight end, you know, with Shaheen and, and with Trey Burton there as well. But you don't see 22% <laughs> too often, so you're not going to see I, uh, two running back, two tight end. You know what I'm
3: saying? I would honestly, like, throw a, a beer bet down that Trey Burton is at least second in targets on the Bears.
1: Second in – okay. Ooh. Wow. Uh, Ooh. It's going to get ah, – boy. Hmm. <laughs> it, look, it's Allen it's Robinson, one.
3: Um
1: Taylor Gabriel will be there.
3: He's he- going to have a good role, but he's not yeah. going to get the targets. So it's like so. you would think: Is Tariq Cohen going to usurp Trey Burton? Okay. Oh, Kevin, man. the ghost of Kevin White. <laughs> <laughs> rookie, <laughs> rookie Anthony Miller. Yeah, they love, they love Anthony Miller. Yeah, but Benny Fowler. Oh, just might, kidding. He oh. might be onto something here. Yeah, I think you're right. That, that's, that's why I'm really starting to get on board with Trey yeah, Burton. Target got, looks like it's there. He's he's very athletic. Yeah. He's entering his first chance in a starting role. And it's an ascending offense, a young quarterback. Target share is going to be there. Yeah. Even if the Bears don't sling it, you know, like 650 times, right. still, like, second in the pecking order, like 90-plus targets for a tight end is pretty darn good in fantasy. It's
1: not bad. That's not bad. You know what? I'm going to have to think about that one. That was pretty good. I, I would I, – the targets are at least available.
3: Right.
2: I would say Taylor Gabriel is going to – he'll eat a lot too. He's the other guy in that offense I think eats quite a bit
3: this year. I, I would imagine is Taylor Gabriel – Is built Gabriel's, to do that well, though? He's going to get I mean, like 60 to 70 targets I think.
1: I like Taylor Gabriel, but at the end of the day, he's still somewhat of a gadget receiver.
2: Man, you know this conversation has done – Cause you know, a couple weeks ago, I was looking, the, thinking about the thinking about the Bears' offense. Yeah, not looking at it on paper and being like, "Man, this is gonna be this could be kind of interesting." Maybe it's because I sitting next to Adam Rank and you know, <laughs> you know he's always hyping this thing up. But now that yeah. now that we're sitting here and I'm like actually looking at the roster, yeah. I'm like, not I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on it, but it's like uh, this isn't this isn't quite as exciting. The, well, the,
3: the depth the depth isn't uh, there, but the starters and I think the team still, Taylor, Gabriel, Trey Burton, yeah. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen. That's a nice little nucleus,
1: but it's still. But the way that the way that it's constructed still reads to me like a little bit like a John Fox team. Do you know what I'm saying? Where they got they have guys, but they're not necessarily field stretchers. Taylor Gabriel's that guy who's gonna zoom by you, but everybody else, mm, I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's still gonna be pretty much what's in front of you. And and actually, and the other thing I think about Mitchell Trubisky as well, um, great arm, but man, I tell you what, he's really effective on slants and and more underneath type throws where he can really exhibit some of that uh, arm strength on straight line throws. I don't necessarily know if he's that, you know, yeah, he got a big arm. Okay, great, I get you. But can he throw it accurately downfield? I don't know if he's necessarily that guy yet.
3: So for the record, uh, last year, seven tight ends saw 90-plus targets, 11 saw 80-plus. Benjamin Watson just missed that threshold with 79.
1: Mm Okay. Okay. So you're looking at at least, you know, top t- we're talking top 10-ish uh, targets anyway.
3: Top 10-ish volume for <laughs> Trey Burton.
1: Not bad. Not bad. And considering where you're taking them, mm-hmm. that's, that's not bad either. Uh, all right, let's get to sleepers. Ranks 11. Ranks 11 sleepers. You can find that on the website, nfl.com slash fantasy football. You can also go to the writer page, uh, nfl.com slash rank, if you would like to read. Uh, his full list of 11 sleepers after the draft and free agency and all that good stuff. All right, we'll hit on a few. Uh, want to know what you guys think? <clears throat> full disclosure here: Adam Rank was supposed to be on the podcast. <laughs> he was supposed to be on the pod. I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, doing the whole t- total access thing on him, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that being said, he did uh, email me this morning. He he big timed us. He legit gave us the Heisman, and just wow. wait,
2: where did he go? What is he on? Wow, he a stiff arm. he's on special assignment.
1: <clears throat> I don't know what wow. I don't know what he's on right now, but he basically said, "Bro, it, I'm, I'm I kid you not, he basically said I'm too busy for your podcast." Wow, that wow, is, that is that is the honest to god truth. Big time. I mean, just straight up, you know, Le'Veon Bell style stiff arm. Wow, right to the dome piece. I see how it is. Yeah, that's that's that is literally what happened. Um and I was too lazy and it was too late for me to change the rundown so (laughs) more the former than the latter
3: Uh, well if we wanted to totally swerve I'm working on a piece that's going to come out uh, about the most intriguing backfield committees hey man I'm open to whatever because it's the off season. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: everybody, well, you can listen to us produce this <laughs> podcast <laughs> on the fly, Let's, folks.
3: We teased it off the top. Let's talk about uh, a couple of these guys. All least. right, fine. I guess we'll do that. That's fine. Okay.
1: Uh, Austin Eckler. This is, is your boy. This is my boy. We're going to try to get him on the podcast again. Um, I don't know if people know this, but we actually did get him on a few weeks ago. Uh, but... We had some technical issues. We'll clear that up. As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to reach out to him today. Let's see if we can't get him on the podcast next week. Um, So there you go. Austin Eckler, the backup running back there for the L.A. Chargers. Um, I really, really, really liked what I saw on tape. Obviously, you look at the total numbers, it wasn't necessarily eye-popping, but uh, in limited touches, he was so incredibly effective. Um, And for a a little guy, he's, he's compact, but, man, he is strong. Um, and the quickness certainly just just leaps off the page. But, um, you know, in terms of if we're talking about, you know, um, advanced stats, yards gained after close, this guy was one of the, the best in terms of running backs, um, yards gained after close. A great explosive athlete. Melvin Gordon, whose metrics were not great, um, but, you know, he's still there. He's obviously the lead guy. The reason I really like Austin Eckler going into 2018, and uh, I won't speak to Adam Rank, but the reason I really like him um, is the fact that if something were to happen to Melvin Gordon, maybe he misses a couple games. Give me Austin Eckler all day long. Not saying that he's going to be... And every down workhorse guy.
3: He'll have a huge role. But bro. he
1: will have a huge role. And, again, just that explosive athleticism. Give me Austin Eckler in terms of being a sleeper. I,
2: get, just, I, I just I don't know that I could spend a draft pick on a guy hoping that someone else.
3: You just took well, him. You just Tariq, took Tariq Cohen, to Cohen in the seventh round. round. But, I didn't think, but, I, <laughs> but I didn't do it with the idea that Jordan
2: Howard's going to get hurt. Like, well, the idea of, like, you know, this is the idea that Tariq Cohen has an, a role within the offense, even with Jordan Howard still being there. I mean, Austin so Eckler. He had he had 74 touches last year. Right. Yeah, 74 total later. touches. Like I'm going to need somebody to give me a heads up that he's going <laughs> to get more opportunity than that. Otherwise, then I I mean, I like his ability. So yeah, this is yeah, you know yeah. this is like this yeah. is like when I go to the store. If I go to the store and they're like, you know, we're selling these things 2 for $3 and the unit price is better. I'm like, yeah, but the one is just like a buck 50. Like I'm looking at the total, not the per unit opportunity for for him. Like the all his metrics are great. That's awesome. But when he still gives you a grand total of 539 yards and two touchdowns, like, that's not doing anything
1: for me. I get you. I get you. I mean t- – I mean. But Sorry, he, three touchdowns. <laughs> three touchdowns. Oh, actually, no, he had five. Wow. That's he, actually a bigger number than I thought. I think – well, he had one uh, punt return too, didn't he? I think so. I don't know. Whatever. Bottom line is um, – it's interesting well cuz look Tariq Cohen obviously is going to have a role in that offense but again we're not sure right we're not we're speculating that But I feel have. more comfortable
2: with his opportunity than than Ecklers
1: mostly because cuz we've seen it well to, to to your point mostly because Jordan Howard can't catch so <laughs> you no know, you know they need to get somebody somewhere versus Melvin Gordon who actually is pretty effective
3: Melvin Gordon's a good pass catcher. No, no,
1: exactly. And so that's kind of where I I understand what Marcus is saying uh, in terms of, hey, listen, the price needs to go down. For Austin Eckler, which is which I totally agree with. I would never take Austin Eckler, you know, top ten picks.
3: I love him in the double digit rounds. Yeah. I, I had him in my queue when I was doing that mock last night. Just missed him. Yeah. Uh, next on this list, Marlon Mack. I feel like Marlon we Mack. talked about him the a Mack ton. Attack. Yeah, we have. So like, we I go have. back and forth on Marlon Mack. I'm not a fan. We got to see how he comes from the shoulder injury. And yeah. this, like, in that piece I was writing uh, that should be, will be out later today. Okay. Uh, you can find it NFL.com/slash/gellar. Uh, the, the Colts are one of those backfields because there are going to be fantasy points to be had. In that backfield, Frank Gore, what do you think Frank Gore finished at last year? Season-end uh, uh, fantasy rankings. Was like fantasy
1: rankings, top 20. Top he 20? was. He yeah. was
3: the RB 18 in standard and the RB 19 in PPR. Not a baby. Despite the fact that, like, he was on an Just objectively a abysmal game. offense. Oh the offensive so, like, line was so bad. And Gore was 34 years old last <laughs> year. So Amazing. if one of these young guys can come in and take the reins in Indianapolis, well, what does that tell you about
1: Marlon Mack that he couldn't take the reins <laughs>
3: That's true. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, he's got another year of practice. They've got yeah. a new offensive uh, mind there in Frank Reich, came right. from the Eagles, which also could lead me to believe that this might be more of a committee. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Marlon Mack certainly named a circle. So too are Neheim Hines and Jordan Wilkins in the later rounds. Right, that's exactly Marlon Mack is climbing up into like, Isn't a, I, like sixth, seventh round I know, territory. That, I
1: think. That, that's where I'm saying no.
3: And the other two, like, that's where I'm mock, saying no. I just took Jordan Wilkins in like the 13th round yesterday. Why not? Like, why not? Total, He's like my RB five. Yeah. Just throw a dart. Yeah. Like maybe he wins it out. If exactly. he doesn't, cut him loose.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. I in in that in that range, I just can't do do it with Marlon. I mean, that's just too much, man. That,
3: in that range, you can get a lot. You can get like Dion Lewis, Alex Collins. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else went in that All range. All who I'd rather have over lots Marlon lots Mac. of really good guys. But the like, offensive don't, line, don't sleep on Deion Lewis this year, people. The, the man is he going to be good?
1: Adam Rank, uh, liked Marlon Mack is uh, he said, quote, he's a huge winner in the draft, uh, of the draft on night one. The Colts made a smart move with Quentin Nelson, the uh, the offensive guard there from Notre Dame, um, who I think we had, who did we have? Oh, we had Doug Farrar um, yes. on this podcast, mm-hmm. who's, who was so hyper about Quentin Nelson. Said, said he was this, the best player in the draft. Best player in the draft. He said, this guy has the potential to be a 10-time pro bowler. So, um, So there you go. Um, And then you think about, you know, Jack Muhort, who I thought was a good player, Ryan Kelly coming back at center. You you think he's going to be healthy, you think. Um, Yet to be seen, obviously, but uh, obviously a highly regarded player there. And then Braden Smith as well. The Colts offensive line at least has a chance to be so vastly improved um, just with health and through the draft. That is why... Um, folks are getting a little bit excited about Marlon Mack. But that being said, that being said, 6th or 7th round, though? So
3: it's a backfield we got to wait and see, and that yeah. is way too rich for my blood. If Mack hits, that's, that's totally it's worth it. It's a home it. run. But, like, there's too many question marks yeah. and too many risks associated with that pick. And especially in that 6th, 7th round, there's a lot of good players hanging around in that range. Indeed.
1: Uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, Was it J.J. Zacharyson who called him? Babytron. Babytron. Baby-tron. Yep. Started that. Okay. So uh, baby late round
3: QB on Twitter. Uh, um, number fire.
1: And uh, Adam Rank is uh, going with the Kenny G moniker, which, which you know, I don't hate it. Playing that sweet jazz music, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh I uh, This is from Adam Rank's piece. Quote, Galladay was a polarizing figure heading into last season. Anybody who watched him was smitten, but history has shown not many receivers made a huge impact during their rookie season. Uh, dot 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 dot. So there you go. Um, he's gonna obviously fight for targets with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones ahead of him, but he has the makeup of an elite number one receiver and could be worth a gamble late in your drafts, per Adam Ray
3: I think the the case for Galladay this year is one. Uh, there are targets that are gonna be up for grabs in the Detroit offense because they really don't have a tight end like that's gonna merit Eric Ebron. A hu- Eric Ebron's gone. gone. He's in Indianapolis, and they didn't really address the position in the draft or free agency. So that frees up. I mean, laugh at Eric Ebron and his quote unquote drops what you want. Dude had 86 targets, was third on the team last year. That's crazy. So that's a lot. And Galladay had 48. So like, even if they give another tight end, say 40 targets and some trickle elsewhere and Galladay takes in another... 30 plus of that. Yeah. Might be worth a flex shot. Uh, you know, so he he's certainly named a circle. And
1: he got injured halfway through the season. As yes. he, well, he, he caught got two touchdowns early.
3: in week one, right. and then everybody picked everybody him up. Went and berserk. then he, like, <laughs> he didn't do anything for a couple weeks, and then he injured his hamstring and right. disappeared for a long time. That's right.
1: And that's when Marvin Jones emerged.
3: Yes. Um, but the, also the case for Galladay, too, is not only is there a, a situation where you could see him coming into his own as like a the third option in this passing attack, but uh, in the event that Marvin Jones or Golden Tate went down, Galladay's stepping right into there. Right in. Huge target. Right share. in. Yep. It's one of those clearest pa- clearest paths where, uh, and you obviously never want to wish injury on somebody, but like right. he's a player who's already been established in the offense. We know his talent, and in the event of an injury, he is – Locked in right away,
1: and you know, good quarterback, running game still pretty suspect. I mean, good LeGar- offense overall. Yeah, good offense overall, even though they haven't been able to run the ball effectively. But I do think Legarrette Blunt will add some stability there.
3: And um, their first two picks in the draft they both made to basically address the running game. They took Frank Ragnow in the first round, who right. many viewed as the best center uh, in the draft, and then they went and got Carryon tr- Johnson, who yeah. was a featured back at Auburn. So. Right. They've got options between the tackles now with Blunt and Johnson, something they did not have in the past.
1: We did not mention this in news, although I I guess it could be a little bit newsworthy. It was the fact that Amir Abdullah could be the odd man out uh, there in that Detroit backfield, right, he's got a
3: long shot to make that roster right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: exactly. Even though, despite the uh, the high pedigree in terms of the draft price, but uh, it's Legarrette Blunt who they signed a free agency. They draft to carry on Johnson, and of course Theo. Still have Theo Riddick, who has also has been amazing as a pass catcher.
3: Dwayne should. Washington, Tion Green, uh, uh, Zach Center. So if they want to keep somebody else as a fullback or or somebody who adds more on special teams, that'll be Amir's path, honestly, to the roster, and it's getting a little far field from fantasy, but as, like, a returner, because he's done return stuff in the past.
1: That's right. That's right. He was pretty good at Nebraska there, so there you go. Um, Marquise Goodwin is another name that Adam Rank has highlighted. Um, I I don't know. I just kind of want to gloss over some of these. Um, The one that I liked was Chargers DST, um, Love you, this because you hardly ever you, you don't talk about a, a lot of, you know, D de- defenses, fantasy defenses, even on a fancy podcast. We, we hardly ever talk about defenses. Um, that being said, I, I like the fact that Adam Rank added the Chargers DST because, again, a lot of folks, man, I mean, they're going to go crazy drafting the Rams. Uh, they're the going to go Jaguars. Jaguars and the Vikings, too, is another big name defense that you're going to see go pretty early in terms of value, though. Chargers DST. I think they're going to be really good.
2: Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, the pieces they added getting, you know, like getting Derwin James. They were a top unit last year you know, too. Getting the chin of you, Nuosu to put in that to put it, that defense they had. I mean, it's so now you, you you add that to Joey Bosa and that
3: secondary Melvin Ingram. Melvin, you know, you've uh, got a great pass rush and a great secondary. That's what I'm like. Saying. Normally, one helps the other, yeah. but if you're phenomenal at both,
1: that's what I'm saying. Whew! Watch out. I mean, I like it. Uh, the, again, uh, this is per Adam Rank's uh, piece. Quote: They were gifted Derwin James, a top-10 talent. Uh, who fell all the way to them. The Chargers might have the best secondary in the NFL. That's a hot take. Um, <laughs> and they are going to be one of the top fantasy DSTs this season. Don't sleep. Well,
3: if you go full secondary, I think he might be – you could On make a own. strong case for Chargers, but okay. just pure cornerback tandem, that's Jacksonville.
1: Jackson, I mean, but it's Jacksonville. And again, I, I mean, aren't the aren't the Rams right there?
3: The Rams are good. They just assembled all those pieces, though, so we yeah. kind of need to see – how they come together, but Wade Phillips is going to yeah. help. The Rams, that that's <laughs> that's the Rams The Rams, will be fun. Keith <laughs> has played in uh, <laughs> Wade's system before, too, and <laughs> right. Marcus Peters is getting a fresh start and one out of KC. Yeah. So, yeah, the Rams are certainly in that mix. But, uh, like, yeah. I mean, man, the depth and talent in that I uh, love the Chargers depth. secondary. I is, love the depth. I mean, if you have to, like, you know, most teams play primarily, like, nickel these days, and yeah. is there a better, like, start-to-finish nickel secondary than the Chargers in the NFL right now? I don't think so.
1: Okay. Okay. All right, you guys are getting me hyped on it. I like it. You know
3: who else? If I can just throw a couple more names in for sleeper defenses, uh, because I'm always of an advocate of don't take a defense until like the last two rounds. Uh, so you'll miss out on the Jags and those people, but circle the Saints, circle the Saints, circle the Lions too. Circle the Lions. The the Saints were a sneakily good defense last year. The Lions, yeah. You think Lions. about it. They've got some. They've got some good talent, and they just added Matt Patricia yeah, as their head that's, coach. That's you know that's a
2: defense that I've been eyeing in drafts because you know. Especially when you're doing mocks and you have yeah. the, the auto-drafts. A lot of those dra- those uh, defenses are off the board earlier. Okay. The Lions have been one that
3: have caught my eye very yeah. late in drafts so far in mocks.
1: That's interesting. I, uh, that's a,
2: uh,
3: Week one opponent, yeah. Oakland Raiders too. Okay. Week two opponent, Jets. We, then they get 49ers Patriots. But also, like I'm a, a big advocate of streaming defenses. So lots yeah. of times you want to look at a defense that people might be overlooking yeah. that is a good week one or two matchup. Okay. And I like – they're at. I think they're – are they at – they're at the Raiders and then home versus the Jets.
1: <laughs> and and realistically what you're saying here too is, you know, you take a defense in the fifteenth or let's say you take it in the fourteenth round. Let's say you take Detroit in the fourteenth round. Right. You're not holding on to this defense. No. I mean, there's no way. I mean, because I was just about, I was just kind of, you know, thinking in my brain. Chargers like, are
3: a defense you can stick with. But yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. You know, Vikings, I think you could stick with. You know, Rams, obviously, Jags. So there's, there's, you know, four or five defenses that I, I feel pretty good about. But you know, um, Detroit. That's some and
3: Chicago. Thing. Chicago's another defense to circle. They've they've been adding a lot of players. Vic Fangio's there. It's, uh, I think, the third year of him as their D.C. now. Yeah. A uh, smart move to he, this had a, he had a history of really good fantasy defenses in um uh, San, <laughs> San Francisco, Francisco yep. most recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a good one. Sir. But uh, just while we're on the topic of defenses, per yep. fantasy football calculator, the top ones off the board are, yes. naturally, Jacksonville, Rams, yep. Minnesota, Philly, Houston, Philly, then case. the Chargers, okay. Baltimore, another good one in a circle. I think the Denver defense is getting way overrated right now oh, in yeah. fantasy. Oh, I. But then these. New Orleans at nine, so. When was it nine? And where a couple. They, where are
1: the Chargers?
3: Six. Oh, six. Okay,
1: that sounds about right. All oh, um, right.
3: And like. and the in the draft order, the Eagles, Texans, and Chargers are all going in the span of about nine picks. So they're kind of lumped together in that ADP view.
1: Okay, so there you go. Um, If you'd like to read the entire Ranks Eleven Sleeper column, go to the website NFL.com/slash fantasy football or
3: NFL.com/slash rank. Also, a tease: Ranks going to have a new version coming out in a couple weeks when we launch the Draft Kit in early June. I like it. So stay tuned. Hey, there you go, Um,
1: Alex Gehler. Did you want to give us a little, uh, little, little teaser on your little piece? Well,
3: sure. I'm covering the seven most intriguing backfields because, uh, as we all know, work horsebacks are kind of a thing of the past. We have a few, you know, that are hanging around nowadays, but typically uh, in fantasy you have to find uh, talented role players and, you know, rotate them through your lineup on a week-to-week basis. So I look at seven backfields that I find the most intriguing because there should be fantasy points to be had within those backfields, but whether because there is uh, no clear starter or an open competition or, you know, a lot of moving pieces – we don't know the uh, the certainty, so the backfields are here. What here's what I'll do? I'll throw you guys the seven backfields, and we can maybe talk about one or two that are curious. Hit me. The Packers. Packers. The Lions. Lions. The Ravens, which is probably the most clear cut on here. The Browns, the Colts, the Patriots, and the Jets. And the Jets. Hmm. All right. Okay. The Jets. I mean, do we? I I know
1: I know this was a running gag last year, never Jets, but I mean this which year, which blew up in all of our faces. <laughs> I
3: way. know because they played so well.
1: Uh, but no, the Jets. I mean, but really though, this Jets backfield, I I just I can't see myself drafting them.
3: Both they're coming at a steep discount. Both Powell and Crowell, and uh, right. they have Rawls, but Rawls feels like a long shot to like make the team or get yeah. significant work. They paid Crowell decent money, uh, and you look at this offense too. They're getting. Where's Isaiah Crowell well going, man? They've got some sneaky talent on the outside, and uh, these are guys that you can get. I think Isaiah Crowell went in the ninth round of that mock I just did. Eight, The 12th pick of the eighth round is where Isaiah Crowell went in a okay. 12-team mock. Hmm. That's not bad. That's not bad. And he was, about, not bad. he was about the RB30 last year in both standard and PPR, and that was with Hugh Jackson refusing to give him consistent touches. Right. So uh, the Jets have made it clear they want Bilal Powell to still be in a complementary role, and he had a good year last year both – on the ground and through the air, but you could see it. You could tell yourself a story where Crowell and Powell are a pretty like reasonable backfield tandem that give you nice flex upside on a week-to-week basis. Plus they have good weapons on the outside. They've got Josh McCown coming back and then Sam Darnold possibly under center. So some more stability. Uh, I think, I think it's a backfield that uh, we shouldn't overlook. And especially right now it's coming at such a, such a discount. Okay. Like it's, it's great. Great value to get in the ninth, tenth round. I
1: feel like we've talked about the Packers' backfield. We have a lot. Um, uh, ad nauseum, but it, I think it, you know, uh, again, it's one of those teams that people are not interested in. And of course, when you got Aaron Rodgers coming back, it's going to be a high, you would imagine it's going to be a high scoring offense as well. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, uh, the projected uh, tandem there in the Green Bay backfield. Um, it, now that you've done a little bit more digging, Alex Gilhar, what can you tell us about? <laughs> I mean, they, the Packers have been
3: very good about not tipping their hand at all as to who they think might be the preferred back, might be whether it's going to be a committee or not. However, one thing I found interesting is that they have brought Joe Philbin back as offensive coordinator, and in his nine years as an offensive coordinator or head coach, yes. he's had a back receive 55-plus percent of the carries in eight of those nine years. Interesting. And six of those backs also led the backfield in targets, which kind of speaks towards – a primarily featured back. You know, if your back's getting like 60 to 70% of the backfield opportunities, yeah. which if you lead it in targets and at 55% of the carries, that's going to be the case. hundred percent. That's kind of a featured back. So in eight of Philbin's nine years, he's pretty much had a true featured back. That's not bad. So that, that's something that leads me to believe that one of these guys will win it out. My money is still going to be on Aaron Jones. Cause I just think he was the most explosive, but oh, no question. it could also, it could be Jamal Williams because he was consistent he carried that offense during the Brett Hundley roller coaster, um, and he has been—he's pr- proven to be the most uh, secure in pass protection, and as we all know. Right, keeping number twelve upright. Is keep twelve a- of the utmost importance. <laughs> Got to keep him uh, clean, in Yeah,
1: interesting, man. Um, uh, man, I—I I, want to believe in Aaron Jones, and I love the athleticism. Of course, that pops out on tape. But boy, it's just—it's hard to invest. In either one of those guys, I'm definitely not going to invest in Jamal Williams. Period. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Mostly because, <laughs> let's say he wins the job. I mean, am I? I mean, really? I, I just, I can't handle watching this guy run for three yards and then just falling down.
3: Well, the benefit is he's going to be running for the first time really in an offense with Aaron Rodgers under center, which will open things up more. Okay. And uh, you know. This backfield, these three backs combined for 14 touchdowns last year. That's amazing. So, so if one of these guys, they split it up 6-4-4, which yeah. was a, a damn nightmare for fantasy. <laughs> but if one of these guys, you know, takes hold of 60-70% to of that workload, you're yeah. looking at easily 1,000 total, thousand to 1,200 total yards and like right. eight touchdowns. Okay. There you go. So we just have to watch closely.
1: All right. So that uh, that piece is coming out later today? Later today. Later today. You can find that at NFL.com slash fantasyfootball, NFL.com slash gelhar all right, so there you go. We're gonna wrap up our show with a round of daily daps. Daps, 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 daps. Now we're talking about dog
3: bites and dipping. Daps, 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 daps. You know, if you like creepy
1: rabbits, uh, this movie's for
2: you. Degenerate. Godzilla
3: is down there.
1: This is why I love this group of guys. We're like a whirlwind. There it goes. Boom. And remember, mock drafts are now open on the website, NFL.com slash football. Go check it out right now. For all you degenerates out there, go do your mock right now. Do it today. All right, so let's start off with the WizKid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What do you got? Daily dap hit me.
3: Uh, Daily daps to Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Saw it last weekend. Okay. It was great. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed myself. Also, daily daps to uh, the trail run I did, the Malibu Creek uh, 22K. Mm. If you're into trail running, This is a monster of a course. It's very challenging, very rewarding, very fun. Uh, Be sure to do a lot of elevation training beforehand, though, because I finally today, after running this on Saturday, no longer feel (laughs) sore in my legs. It it legitimately took me like three days to fully recover. How long is it? Uh, uh, 22. The the course is about 14 miles. Oh, man. Um, And (laughs) there is a, a total elevation climb of about 2,700 feet. And you start out with most of that in the first uh, six miles. You start out with a nice little kind of like rolling hills situation for okay. the first two, and then it's four miles um, of the- like at a forty-five degree grade. Oh my god! So most people <laughs> have to walk that chunk, and they even the, all the race organizers Man. are like, like they're like walk it. Like yeah. you'll you'll feel better because after the after you get to the top of that climb, you got eight more miles to go. So it doesn't make sense to run up it and, like, burn yourself out and then try to run the last eight miles. So uh, it was an awesome race, though. And then uh, final daily daps to uh, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine season finale. Uh, Since it got picked up, there's another season coming. But I finally watched the season finale last night. All right. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Not going to say anything to spoil it for anybody. But I thought it was a good good fitting end to uh, the season. And I'm excited to see where they go in season six. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Uh, I'm gonna double down on the Deadpool too because yes. it,
2: it was great. Uh, you know, if you go see it, keep an eye out for some really fun cameos. There's <laughs> some great cameos. Um, also, and, and I'm, I know I'm way super late on this. I finally saw Hamilton. Okay, so that's oh, the that. I did. I did. I saw it over the weekend. It's fantastic. Oh, I you had finally, to it. yes. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. I think I'm one of the few people in America who had somehow avoided the soundtrack. Like that's I never listened to, to it. it. I hadn't listened. So to I didn't. I, you know, obviously I knew it was super popular and I knew the theme and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, but like yeah. I hadn't really heard the music, so I got in there. It was it was fantastic. It's incredible. Absolutely. It is. It? So if you've got a chance to go see it, wherever you live. Uh, it's worth getting in a car and driving to your nearest metropolis if you are uh you know not nearby. But uh, it was it was fantastic.
3: had a baby, there you go. I can't I can't recommend sorry I just can't recommend Hamilton enough to yeah. because like it's hard
1: to get them tickets man. It is hard it is. to get. Well, tickets. Well,
3: it's expanding into a lot of places. So if you live like in the Midwest, it has a permanent residence right now in right. Chicago, oh, which so. is a little easier to get tickets for because. It's there every weekend. Okay, but like in the places where it's rotating, yes, it's a lot harder to get tickets. Yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. I've been um, wanting to. I just can't. I just can't speak highly enough about it because it's so original and it's the music is phenomenal. But it's also it's a story about American history. Yeah, and it's inc- it's incredible. It's just like the fact that he Lin Manuel Miranda had that idea. He was reading a a huge biography of Alexander Hamilton. I was like, man, this reminds me of like music yeah right like, that was i'm gonna kind of make big. i'm gonna make a hip-hop musical about that's what the founding father like,
2: what the like, <laughs> it's so good
3: the lyrics and how the story yeah. i mean it's just it's it's phenomenal like at, can, you yeah he could spit you've watched it you've watched it once now but so when you listen to the soundtrack again you'll go back and you'll hear chunks of lines where you're like yeah i didn't catch it god right. like the the rhymes and the the flow and the structure he builds you're like that is incredible
1: incredible incredible um what is it? What is it like to live in that that man's head? Because I can't he's even is just imagine. Wildly creative. He's so good. Wildly creative. He's so good. I think he oversaw the music and/or did a lot of the music for Moana as well.
3: He as, he, he wrote. As he got nominated for the Oscar for writing uh, "How Far I'll Go." And I mean, I and mean,
1: he he oversaw a lot of the music, other the other pieces in that film yeah. as well. But it's just how do you do Hamilton you do the rapping then you go and do a ch- Disney's children I mean it's
3: just like he's so good I had a great it's story in an interview I don't, I don't with mention. him where he was talking about when he was like this is how his like brain works but like he was he lives in New York and he was on the train to a friend's birthday party and on the train he had one line of a lyric pop into his head and he was like oh it was from wait for it Marcus and it popped into his head and he's like oh oh god and then he got there and he went up and he said front his friend he like shook his hand and was like Happy birthday, I'm so sorry, but I have to go write a song. And he went back, got on, <laughs> the, train, got on the train, went home, and, and wrote the song, which is one of the best best songs in the musical. Look at this guy. So, like, that's just, like, that's his, his he's on a different level that's than us. That's what I'm saying. Like he, like, he is, is, like, that, the brain explosion meme. That's just, like, There's... him at all times. And we're all over here just, you know, banging, yep. banging rocks together. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing.
1: Uh, Producer Christina, what you
0: got? What's up? Um, I was never a big hiker before I moved to L.A., Okay. But this past weekend had a low-key weekend since it's a long weekend this mm. upcoming. Uh, so I went hiking in Malibu on Saturday, Nice. and it's gorgeous. I mean, if once it gets warm out, I recommend hiking. Definitely in Malibu, too, because you, you get to see the water yeah. as you're hiking like, exactly. up the mountain. It's right. awesome.
1: All right. There you go. Um, speaking of water, I was in Hawaii uh, through the weekend. Look um, at you! Oh, Boys. okay. Dodging, dodging, uh, <laughs> dodging hot rocks. Wow, fames co over here. <laughs> Surfing well, on lava. Went with the fams. Uh, we went to Maui. Uh, stayed over there. It was it was very very nice, very beautiful. Took some great pictures. Um, my my daughter enjoyed it. She actually enjoyed. This is the thing when you're four and you go to a place like Maui and spend a a, 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 a just a boatload of money on stupid stuff. She really liked making sandcastles. Yep. <laughs> And she just wanted to make sandcastles. That's literally like, all she wanted. And you're like, you can
2: do. Do, this you could do
3: this any weekend we, at we, home.
1: Yes, we live in Redondo, Beach. The, <laughs> like, the, the same ocean. We're just on the other side of it.
3: Same ocean.
1: Because we try to take her in the water, and the water, I mean, the water's awesome. It, I actually right. did paddle boarding for the first time. Oh, look at you. Uh, this weekend, and uh, I crushed it. Just FYI. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, so I tried to take my kid into the water, and, you know, she liked to get her foot in there, but she's also a giant scaredy cat, so she is scared of a lot of stuff, and she thought the water was too scary, so she wanted to go back and just build sandcastles. <coughs> And that's what we did. We did that for like, I don't know, too many hours. And I'm like, man, we spent a lot of money to for to bring you out here and make some damn sandcastles. castles. <laughs> but uh, but no, it was uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, it's the first time I had been to Maui. Um, did a lot, you know, we did some hiking too. So it was cool, man. We we just uh, we had a good time, but um, daily daps to, you know, the whole family uh, we we all went out there. It was me, my wife, the kiddo, uh, my mom was there and my sister was there. I mean, you, know, you
2: know what the story is. It's it's sort of like when you buy your kid like you know a giant video game system or something. You buy them a new Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. And, like they're excited about it. But the thing they spend the most time playing with is like the two dollar whatever that you like <laughs> threw in their <laughs> stocking.
3: That's <what> that <laughs> reminds me of one of my favorite. Jokes from Modern Family. Uh, I haven't watched the last several seasons, but I watched it religiously the first few. As they were talking about their youngest kid, Luke, they're like, every year, no matter what we got him, he would play with the box more than the toy. So finally, one year we got him a box and put it in a big plastic bag. He played with the bag all day. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I love it.
1: All right, so that's the show for everybody here. Uh, Alex Gilhar, <laughs> Andrew Michael Marcus Grant, producer Christina, and <laughs> Dylan Milner behind the glass.
2: What's up, buddy?
1: I'm James Cub. We'll see you next Wednesday.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring...